Welcome to Time Traveling Team, the weekly podcast where we review every story of Doctor Who right from the very beginning. I'm Paddy. And I'm Trisha. In today's Rambling the Tardis, we take a look back at the second Time Lord companion the Doctor's had, Romana. Particularly Romana 1, as portrayed by Mary Tapp. We'll be talking about her strengths and weaknesses, and since Romana 1 only has six stories, we're going to rank them from worst to best as a character. I got confused there when you said second Time Lord companion. Then I realized, oh wait, Susan. I yeah. keep forgetting about Susan. They keep forgetting Susan. It's like, it reminds me of um that Torchwood episode after like they keep killing Susie it's like they keep getting mm. Susan <laughs> <laughs> until someone tells me otherwise Susan was a time lord I don't care yep oh no I agree but we'd also love to hear your thoughts on Romana 1 or Susan or whoever else you hate what other characters uh, we've discussed throughout the, the last couple of years so in order to join in that discussion you can check us out at Time Team that's T-I-M-E-T-E-A-M-P on Facebook Twitter and Instagram or you can email us at timetravellingteam at teamproductions.com so, this is a bit of a strange one because Romana hasn't left. No, see, this is this is really weird. Hmm. Because because of the way we're recording this, I mm-hmm. haven't watched the first episode of the next season yet. Hmm. But I do know from trivia from last. Pardon me, but I do know from the trivia from the last episode. That Mary Tam doesn't come back for regeneration. Mm-hmm. So I have no idea how the fuck that works. <laughs> so don't tell it, me. Okay. I need to watch it. Um, no, no, no. But like, it's. I will say. It, it's kind of jarring. Well, it's like Liz Shaw, but not. Because Liz Shaw, we didn't get a goodbye. No. We only had one season. We didn't get a goodbye. She just was there, and then she wasn't. Except we know Romana will be there, mm-hmm. just not this Romana. So mm-hmm. it's it's very weird. It is because we've seen like so we've experienced regeneration through the Doctor, mm. and one thing that's been significant is the change in personality amongst mm. all the variations. So with this one we're going to be seeing that as well. And I'm not, I'm, I'm not going to give a whole lot away, but it's just very jarring. Yeah. So, like, it'll be interesting even discussing Romana going forward. Like, do we discuss her the way we discuss the Doctor? Where we treat each Doctor as an individual in our discussions. Mm-hmm. But we're like, oh, I could see Bill doing that. I could see that doing that. Is this trait shining through? Blah, blah, blah. Or do we just treat it as a recast? I think for me that will depend on how the regeneration is done. Because like they're not recasting her. It, it, it's something different. Do you mean it's no, no, weird? It, it, it is. It is a, for all intents and purposes. It is a regeneration. Mm. So, yeah, but I think, so I think we, discussing that will be weird. Yeah, so it probably would be the whole thing of like, you know, oh, I can see Romana one doing this, and you know, like, I can see Mary in this particular mm. scene, you know, and it's the great trait that has carried over from yeah. We, we I think that's probably how we're going to end up doing it, you know. But for today, we're not talking about Romana two; we're solely talking about Romana one. Mm-hmm. And so, again, for a reminder, we talk weaknesses first, then strengths, because we like to end mm-hmm. on a positive. And then usually we would do our three worst stories for the character. 
and the three best stories of the character. And since three plus three is six, <laughs> and Romana <laughs> only had six episodes, mm. I can still do maths. We're just going to rank from six being the worst to one being the best. And we'll yes. just do it that way. I'm curious to see if we have any matchups. I'm confident that we'll have at least one matchup. Okay. Is it the one in number six spot? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I'm pretty. I'm pretty sure our number six is our number six is going to be the same. Our number fives will sl- will vary. Mm. I'm I, I'm going to expect certain things to be like in a similar swap around bracket, like you know the way. Mm. Oh, your three and four might be my four and three type thing, yeah. you know. Yeah, but we start off with strengths and weaknesses. So, mm-hmm. Patty, since you did socials, we'll turn to you first. Mm-hmm. weaknesses for Romana so this is actually it's interesting again because what we have here as a we have a character arc within a story arc mm-hmm. and that's something that we haven't really seen since probably Barbara mm. yeah probably Barbara or uh, the first doctor himself. Yeah. All that time in terms of companion. Mm, yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah. So the biggest weakness is the learning. It's kind of down to the learning path that she's on. And that's the real world naivety that she has. Mm. Like when she first comes in, she's fresh out of the academy. Like she's she's a rookie being partnered up with a veteran cop essentially you know a veteran unorthodox cop a veteran jackass uh, by some people's estimation well yeah like you know they're not mutually exclusive you know? because uh, yeah like i remember like making the dirty harry uh comparison there back in the rivals operation i think and it's like she has like all this academic knowledge that is generally on par, but sometimes supersedes the doctor. Mm. But that's real world knowledge. Sorry, that's academic knowledge. Her real world knowledge is lacking, but it's kind of hard to call it a full weakness as we see it get stripped away to varying degrees as each story unfolded. Mm. So, like, by the time we get to Androids of Tara... I think that's where we see like the fully fleshed out Romana. Mm. So what you're looking at is really is two stories of weaknesses that are inherent to the character themselves, not the writing of the stories, not how she's portrayed, but to the character. And I remember that being kind of exemplified in how easily she's kind of, she's easily kind of taken in by the two lads from uh, the Rybos operation. Mm. Their name, their names escape yeah. me out at the moment, but like the sort of like, you know, just like that Del Boy con man type thing, mm. because again, like he has a she kind has face. An encounter- and... yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, you know, she hasn't encountered ro- rogues. And then there's the, the, the captain in the pirate planet. Mm. 
and he's like she's kind of like laughing at his like bombastic nature and his outbursts you know the great sky demon and all and she even says it and she doesn't realize the actual legitimate threat behind that character I, I think i made the point it's like assuming the kingpin can't beat the shit out of you just because he's a very fat man mm. you know um so but thankfully by the end of her run those weaknesses are more or less gone mm. and what we're left with is the strengths of the character so that's pretty much my perspective anyway how about you yeah so when i was thinking of her weaknesses there's a weakness in her character because we're all flawed do you know what I mean? mm-hmm. so there's a weakness yeah. in her character and then there's a weakness in the way she was written mm. yeah which you know because i was looking back over because I, I couldn't help but make the comparison to liz sean i was looking back over my liz sean notes there earlier on and you know for liz for weaknesses like she has none she's a fucking damn queen fuck off <laughs> um <laughs> But Liz's thing was that Liz didn't advocate. Liz Shaw's thing was that she didn't advocate for herself properly, in my opinion. Or she did it sometimes and she didn't do it other times. It was weird. The weakness inherent in Romana is, like you said, her naivety. Um, She hasn't seen much of the universe yet. So her naivety is expected, but sometimes it can get the better of her. Hmm. In some ways that are written stupid, what is a horse, for example? Yeah. But in other ways, like I said, I think Rybot's operation is the big example of that. But, like I said, she, and you put it perfectly, so I'm not going to harp too much on it, she evolves beyond that over the course of the story. Mm-hmm. There's another one that you could kind of put in there, but again, it's one that she evolves out of. I think, spoiler, it's made it into a strength for me. Which is her coldness when we first meet her in Ryboss. Mm-hmm. She comes across as the Ice Queen, which was intentional. But that one, I think she comes out of a lot faster. Which is why I wouldn't say it's really a weakness for her, because she comes out of that much faster. And I'll talk more about that later on. I think the biggest issue with Romana is that they. I, I'm convinced they didn't know what they wanted to do with her. Mm. And so you have, like, and we'll go through her strengths in a second, but I'm sure for every strength you and I are going to call out, we have examples of where she wasn't that way and she didn't display that thing or whatever because she was written so inconsistently mm-hmm. and because they stopped short of giving her certain things so as not to overshadow tom yeah which makes this really difficult as a character to watch because susan was a time lord susan was a child eh, well mm. she was a a teenager a young adult right and the doctor was 500 years old there was a very clear hierarchy between the two of them mm-hmm. where she deferred to him naturally she was less educated than him i mean we get the sense she didn't go to the time lord academy whatever with say a character like liz shaw and the doctor they worked together as a team 
but he was the super intelligent alien, so there was deferrals there. Here, though, we have another Time Lord who has graduated from the Academy, is clearly very intelligent, and can meet the Doctor at his level. But they don't allow her to do that as much as you'd maybe want, which sort of puts weaknesses on her that aren't actually there. Hmm. Depending on what story it is they want to tell. Yeah. Yeah, that was kind of a weird explanation for it, but I think the like I said, a weakness for Romana is the way that she was written. Hmm. And the fact that they have this character who can meet the Doctor's intellect and whatever. But they still need to be subservient and second to the Doctor and not overshadow him. Yeah. Which, as a fan watching it, and not to make it sexist, but as someone who likes strong female characters in her media, it's very difficult to watch. It's not sexist. Jesus, like, fucking, I'm I'm the same. Like, it's like, you have a female character that, like, we really enjoyed Leela, but then we both hated when she was painted as a fucking simpleton by people that didn't know how to write her. Yeah. Um, So, yeah. So, I think we both agree on, like, Romana's main character weakness that she works through as the story progresses, which is her naivete. But, personally, I think her biggest weakness is the way that she was written. (laughs) I have this feeling that there might be a slight bit of resentment from your end towards the new kid on on the block uh, in a while. Just because I think that another reason why Romana 2 is so much popular amongst the fan base is is the disparity in the portrayal, I think. Mm. And as we've said before, that can come down to writing. Yeah, we'll talk more about like as we're talking about the episodes, I'm sure we'll talk about it more, but just to give an example of where this may become a portrayal versus portrayal issue for me, (laughs) Mm. is Mary Tam isn't believable as a damsel in distress. When she screams for help, it seems weird. (laughs) Yeah, no. (laughs) Help, police. Yeah. Uh, Do you know, it just seems weird. Hmm. Which I know what you mean. You know, makes you feel that she shouldn't naturally be in that position, which makes it feel like it's a writer's issue. Hmm. Yeah. No, absolutely. Mm. But where there's weaknesses, I... there are also strengths. So. I don't yes. know why I delayed so long before continuing that sentence. My brain just went... <laughs> Dramatic pause. Um, thankfully, though, hmm. we have a character who, for me anyway, I take the strengths far away, the weaknesses. Me too. Um, so I mentioned it before, and like it, it was a double-edged sword, but here is the positive edge to it is her actual intelligence. She's incredibly intelligent. And as I said, it's on par with the Doctor from an academic standpoint where she's able to tar- TARDIS, pilot the TARDIS better than he is. You know? Mm. She understands. He's been flying this thing around uh, for, we'll say, the better part of 400 years. Mm. 
she comes on the scene and is there about what we'll say two weeks she's able to fly better than he ever could you know um which obviously gets up his fucking scarf but <laughs> um it's part of the fun of it the and like what i love about that intelligence is that we she she it see it shine true at various points in time and i remember while the implementation of it yeah it kind of annoyed both of us i think you more so than me but in stones of blood mm. where she's able to figure out the um, the identity of the kaliak mm. without the help of the doctor he just manages to figure it out because like he's standing right next to her <laughs> thing. but you know there's that, like, where she's able to be separate from the Doctor and still arrive at the same conclusion. Um, and, and to be fair, like, in a much more actual detective manner than he did. Yeah. She actually figured it out. He didn't. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he he just kind of, like, like went down, like, the, is it you? No. Is it you? No. Is it you? No. Uh, kind of route. So I, I really enjoy that, you know? Um. But outside of the intelligence quotient, we talked about her character growth. Mm. And what we've seen is someone that is thrown out into the big bad world and actually stands face to face with it. Mm. Like she's captured a good few times here. Mm-hmm. And with the exception of one, yeah, really badly judged moment she is portrayed as a very strong person in the face of adversity. She has no, like, you know, she faces torture defiantly. She faces captivity defiantly. She has no problem throwing herself into danger because it's the right thing to do. And because of that, again, drive to do the right thing, she shows great compassion and she shows like she, you mentioned the ice queen. That veneer slips fairly rapidly, mm. and again, it's fully gone by stones of blood because then we have her with Rumford, you know, mm. uh, and then obviously we have androids of Tara with her and Reinhardt, mm. which is you know a fantastic acting display for Mary Tam. So, yeah, like we've we've got someone that. The world doesn't break them. Mm. It actually helps them blossom. Mm. I'm convinced you've been in my notes because you said those things in the exact same order I had them written. No, I no, no, I wasn't in your notes. See, now you know how it feels. <laughs> but yeah, no, it, for me, it's those three things. Um, yeah. The strength of Romana is her intelligence, her ability to stand up for herself. And her compassion. Like her intelligence is something that I don't think we got to have explored as well as I would have liked. Mm. Again, Stones of Blood being the prime example that really pissed me off. But you can't deny that it's there. Mm. Do you know? She is so quick and on the ball most of the time. Talk about that in a second. She's so quick and so on the ball her it's also like her desire to learn more do you know like at the beginning she kind of fobs the doctor off with all the stuff but then like 
you could tell that she's paying attention as he's telling her things. Do you know, she's cluing herself into it as she's going to learn about these new cultures that she knew nothing about and about these people she knew nothing about. And through her own inquisitiveness, that naivety that we were talking about earlier starts to move away. Hmm. And it's not really a case of she gets one bad you know, experience and that like mm-hmm. shocks her out of it. It's this gradual thing because she's an intelligent person and she can pick up his bits and pieces along the way. The thing that I think is great about her that I don't think they portrayed as much as I would have liked is her ability to stand up for herself. Because hmm. we see it in multiple different ways. So we have we have an exception that I'm sure we'll talk, we'll talk about in a second. Um, but we have a couple of different things with her standing up for herself. One, the way she holds her own with the doctor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She takes none of his fucking shit. No. Anytime he makes a comment, she's right there clapping right back. Mm-hmm. Dude, you don't have a leg to stand on. Fuck off. Um, but also, if you think about the times that she's captured, so the ones that particularly come to mind, Pirate Planet. I love her first interaction with the captain and everyone in Pirate Planet because she's so fucking what even is this? Like she's or like even in the car, the air car on the way to the ship or whatever. She's like, Oh, this is quaint. This is nice. Oh, do I have to go with you? Okay, cool. Just like, oh, I love it. The sass is mm. amazing. Um we see it in actually in the power of crawl at the beginning of the power of crawl the way she is with what's his face um, oh yeah ram dot yeah the way she is with him like this constant back and forth and whatever in androids of tara is probably i think where we see it the most hmm. because it happens multiple times <laughs> but she is there holding her own in that situation you know Hmm. which is fabulous because again we've said this before we've said it with we've said it with a lot of our characters we've said it with barbara we said it with lishaw we said it with sarah jane we said it with lila we said it with a lot of characters this idea that classic companions that particularly women the classic women the Hmm. sort of doctor who girl or whatever that their job is to be captured and scream for help no Hmm. that isn't what they do they are strong and they are capable be they women or be they men be they like harry or or jamie or ian or or even stephen in fairness to him you know was Mm. never a a damsel in distress really do you know what i mean he stood by himself no ben would be the same whatever do you know like these are strong capable people and i like that even though they had romana be very naive Mm. in the face of capture she still stands up for herself and even in um, the Armageddon faction, we see that she can defend herself physically if she needs to. Now, mm-hmm. if the situation is right, of course, she's a you know smaller frame and whatever, but she's not incapable, which no. is great, which is great to see. And the last one, really, and this is the one that was most surprising for me, is the compassion. Mm. You know, she starts off the Ice Queen. Why are we staying here? Why do we care? Let's just fuck off. We've got a job to do. Whatever. Hmm. But to be honest, I think second to her intelligence, by the end of it, her compassion is one of her most like solid strengths. 
Like if you think hmm. about Romana, you think about the smart moments. And I think the compassionate moments probably actually come second to that. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, like you yeah. said, like you said, Stones of Blood. I love like in Stones of Blood when she's left on her own with these two women. She could have been the snooty hoity toity off in the corner, but no, she's there fucking shoes off, helping the two of them with their work and getting on with them and whatever. And it's like, yeah, she's starting to connect with people. She's, you know, involving herself in what's going on around her. And then of course you've got the Angel of Tara, which just breaks me from a compassion point of view from Romana. Mm-hmm. And it's like she basically goes through everything that the doctor went through, like start his Bill Hart and all whatever. She goes through that in the these six stories. Mm-hmm. To the point where, you know, we kind of talked about it um last week with the Armageddon factor at the end. Is she actually the more compassionate of the two of them? Mm-hmm. Her reaction to why am I so Ast- bad with names today, Paddy? Astra. Her reaction to Astra being changed into a crystal is much more prominent than the doctor's. And we were saying, like, well, maybe the doctor was, like, prioritizing and listing things in his head and he had a backup plan and whatever. But whatever, what we see... Yeah. Oh, yeah. ...is her being indignant Mm -hmm. over it. Which, I mean, can you imagine Romana in the Rybos operation? being as indignant as Romana in the Armageddon factor. Do you know what it kind of reminded me of a small bit? Hmm. And this might not be something that everyone's going to get, but do you remember when Stephen Fry had that interview with Gay Byrne Hmm. and he was asked his opinion about his belief in God? And Stephen Fry gave his comments on that. Romana's comments kind of rang similar to Stephen's comments, just if you think about it. Hmm. You might want to explain the comments for those who... Sorry. Oh, yeah. So Stephen Fry basically said that his belief is that if they're... The God that is prescribed by the Christian faith is a mean and capricious God if he can allow a lot of the atrocities and if he can allow the indignities and atrocities that happen, especially to young children in, in this life. And that kind of reminded me of what Romana was saying about how can the White Guardian be so callous as to dismiss this one person's life? Yeah. Yeah. So and for it, context, it kind of rang... Gay Byrne was an Irish TV show host. Yeah. Sorry. The best Irish TV show host. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it just had this a very similar feel to that. And. It it was a great character moment that we said felt kind of rushed. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I think because we again we we talked about this time we didn't know where the doctor's mind was at, and we didn't really get a discussion, mm. and we didn't get a oh I knew all along, and you know we didn't get that. So like, like I said, that's where you're like as a as yeah. someone just watching it, and particularly if you don't discuss it in the same way that that we do, if you just watch it you're by yourself and then you forget it and mm-hmm. move on um you can see that as oh my god romana is now the more compassionate of the two of them mm-hmm. yeah who would have fucking thunk it do you know um but yeah so it's interesting that we sort of have the same strengths and weaknesses which is good i 
I do. I like it when we disagree on occasion because it makes for an interesting conversation. Mm-hmm. But when it comes to a character's strengths and weaknesses, I like when we're aligned. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because otherwise it's like, well, I saw this as a strength. You're like, what the fuck? No, like that. What are you on about? Um, I I think I when like it also reinforces you when I watch the same the same show. <laughs> yeah, uh, also like, but but no, but it's like you know you said like you know, was was I looking in your notes? You fucking forget that we live in the same headspace. That's true. You yeah, yeah you and I share a fucking room in each other's brains. Um, but no, it's like there are times like where where one of us will say, "Oh, to me this was a strength," and neither the other one of us wouldn't have actually factored that in. Mm. But we've never kind of gotten the sense of like going, oh, you saw her being a fucking, you know, a badass being a strength. I, like, I think it's a weakness because she just comes across as quite rude. You know, <laughs> like we've never, we've, we've never had that, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. But no, it, you know, it, it does indicate that we're watching the same thing. Where we slightly differ on it is where we think it affects the various stories and our rankings thereof. Mm. Yeah. So let's go with that. I'm thinking we just list them. Yeah. And then we can see how we want to discuss it. Because cool. when we're discussing all six, it's going to be a little bit weird. Yeah. So um, for me, this is my six to one. Mm-hmm. Okay. Six is worth Number six. Best. Yes, exactly. Number six, Power of Crawl. Mm-hmm. Number five, the Armageddon Factor. Mm hmm. Then there is a substantial gap. Imagine, <laughs> imagine a sprint, you know, mm. and you've got like the two fucking guys that have pulled their hamstring, and that's six and five. And then you've got the front runners, you know, with the, the photo finish. Well, not for all of them, but anyway. Number four, Ribus Operation. Mm. Number three is the Pirate Planet. Mm. Number two is Androids of Tara, mm. and number one is Stones of Blood. Okay. People can't see me, but Paddy can. I've been deliberately yeah. covering my mouth so yeah. he can't see what my reaction is. Here is mine. Six. Power of Crawl. <laughs> I, knew, I, I knew that one. I knew, knew that, that one for that that, cool. yeah, yeah. Five. Armageddon Factor. Four. Rybos Operation. Three. Pirate Planet. <laughs> <laughs> Two Stones of Blood. Oh, we were so close. <laughs> and one is Androids of Terra. Is your mindset similar to mine where there is a huge gap between five and four? Or a or a gap of some size? There is a gap. I wouldn't say it's like fucking monumental. Mm-hmm. Do you know? But it is a gap like the bottom two were never they, no they were never debate. in the top running I and, don't even and think the six order got... of them was also never up for debate to be honest um, yeah. I don't think six got out of the starting block no it didn't um, no and five eh, got about two feet and then yeah um, and bring up the rear is far fig newton <laughs> narf do you, do you know do you know what this is going to sound so This is the sort of rambly stuff that a certain friend of ours, <coughs> Paul, really likes. So, <laughs> the other day, I watched a movie with our mutual friend, Vicky, called Mrs. Mm-hmm. Harris Goes to Paris. The remake, 
not the original. I've been told we will be watching the original at some point. And at one point in this film, they're at a dog race. And there's a dog that comes out of the starting block and is running like all hell. And you're like, oh my god, this dog's going to win. And at one point, he just stops and runs around in a circle and looks really scared and he just lies down. That was the Armageddon factor. It sort of starts (laughs) and it goes... (laughs) And then it's just like, I don't fucking come about it. Stop. Um, but yeah, I think the interesting discussion is because I think for me, Stones of Blood and Androids of Tara, and we'll, we'll go down to it them one by one just to remind people what our thoughts are on each one. Mm. Unlike others, I knew I was going to have Androids of Tara first. Okay. Stones of Blood was always going to be second. But if you think back to our conversation with Stones of Blood, you probably know why. <laughs> yeah. But let's go down the line for them. Because I think the first few are going to be fucking super easy. Paddy, why is the power of Krull the worst Romana one story? Because she literally does nothing. Mm-hmm. She's a non-entity in that story. Except to be a damsel in distress for which she is not suited. And also have just a real fucking ditzy moment. Crawl mm. is attacking us. You're like, well, he doesn't know we're in here. I want to go see. He's attacking the fucking building. It doesn't matter whether he can see you or not. He wants to get in. Um, Yeah. So like, with the exception of like one rather uncomfortable moment that brought us back to the lovely Kizimaris. days of Barbara being, mm. huh? Kizimaris. Yeah. Yeah. Kizimaris and yeah, more so the keys of Marinus. Uh, but yeah, brought us back to that. She does nothing. She contributes nothing. She's a non-factor. Mm. I agree. I think there's one good moment at the start, which is, I think, before it got creepy, her yeah. initial interactions with Rumdot are actually quite funny. Because, again, mm-hmm. it's her being like, stand up for herself, whatever. Then it got weird. And then from the point it got weird to the end of the episode, it was fucking stupid. It was literally her King Kong fucking story and it was shit. So, our number five. <coughs> the end factor. Um, I, as I said at the time, there was some good moments. Mm. Just didn't feel like enough of them. It didn't, you know, we both agreed that it didn't feel like the big bang finale that we've been expecting. Yeah. And part like, of that was like, so part of it is the story didn't have a big bang finale, but also mm-hmm. Romana didn't have a big bang moment. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Um, Childish, Patty. Childish. <laughs> no, shh. Like, you're worth the talk. Uh, um, so, like, no, we had our moment of defiance against the shadow. Um, we had her. I think like, you know, you said it was you had the funny moment of where she dropped him and knocked it out. Best <laughs> Romana line ever. ever. I had uh, I had my moment of you know like Doctor. I think like, haven't we forgotten something? What the Marshal? And he was like, oh shit, yeah, I like that part. But for excuse me, for the majority of the episode, she's babysitting Merrick. Mm. 
which is just frustrating. And then she's kind of babysitting Astra. There's an awful lot of babysitting here. Mm. And it's annoying, you know, it's a shame. Mm. I said, we had that, that one moment that made me burst my ass. Where's your optimism? It opted out. Still, best line ever. It's being like locked away for like future whenever someone mentions that sort of question to me that is that is the answer I'll be bringing out and her defiance in the face of torture was amazing Mm. that defiance in the face of torture is why I don't think the gap between the Armageddon factor and the next one is as big Mm. because that's a lot of character. And I had actually forgotten that when I was doing my notes. You're the one who mentioned that last week. And I, I was thinking about it today. And I was like, actually, yeah, no, that's if you're if you want to watch like the best of Romana, that is a good moment to see her strength and her standing up for herself and her mm. compassion because she didn't care what happened to her. She was like, I don't matter. Um, which mm-hmm. is why my gap between them wasn't as big because I think for me on retros like retrospectively thinking about it that one moment spoke a lot about Romana as a person I think the bigger gap is between six and five to be honest yeah yeah I mean fucking the power of crawl is in a completely fucking different universe altogether um you know at least fucking the Armageddon factor is in the same fucking city as the rest of them um yeah. But yeah, I think for her final story, and yeah, they didn't know it was her final story, but still, she didn't do a whole lot. And certainly not on her own. So yeah, um, I don't know what else we have to say. We we talked about it last week. You can hear our thoughts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. (laughs) Um, Cool. Then Then the Ribos operation. Ribos operation, yeah. And it takes the number four spot, which would be, in ret- if we were to do this in any other take, this is the best of what we would consider to be her worst outings. Mm. Um, you know, she's she's a Bambi in this one. Mm. She's like she's owned to the big bad world for the first time, and yes, she is the ice goddess. You know that. Actually, sorry, one thing I meant to ask: a strength of hers could possibly be her fashion choice. <laughs> Or her, because she is very fashionable. How would you? How she would you? Is, she is very fashionable. As someone who tends to pay close attention to what the women in this show are wearing, I would say she is up there. Um, probably Sarah Jane Liz Shaw, Romana. I was actually just going to ask how how would you compare them? Mm. But more conservative at times, more conservative than Liz Shaw. But yeah, no, being Sarah Jane Liz, and then. Romana. I will say one thing, right? Because we've established on this that there are times when I'm watching the show that can be a total fucking perp. Romana 1 is hot as fuck. Romana 1? Oh yeah, she yeah. is. <laughs> like, Mary Tam looks phenomenal. And I, I have I a st- type and she is it. <laughs> I'm trying to figure out what I t- like where, yeah, the perv in me is like where is she her hottest? Ribos operation is it's fucking... It's a, it's a strong like, starter. It's a strong yeah. starter. But then there's also a part of me which is like, I also quite like her second outfit in Stones of Blood. Mm. You know? Mm. That sort of woman of the hills type look. Mm. 
Uh, but anyway, we're meant to be classy on this show. <laughs> oh, we're fucking up. Yeah, yeah. Um, she is actually. I say. I think I'm going to like you know like, try and see if we can get like a ladies of Doctor Who top trump set just to beat <laughs> to completely beat the Sarah Jane exclusive one you have. Um, Rivals Operation though. What? Never. What was that? <laughs> Never. Rivals Operation. She has, I think, the moments that we like or I like in it is the complete contrast between herself and the Doctor. They're both Time Lords, hmm. but he's the renegade and she's the by the book. And there are times where she she has the beating of him, but then there are times where it's like, no, you're still you're you're still a baby, essentially, hmm. you know, and. I think for a brand new character to make a statement in the first episode and a positive statement, you know, it was good. It was enjoyable. Unfortunately, there was just a lot more in that episode that kind of overshone her. Mm. Yeah. Like for me, like the way I was thinking about it was it's a great introduction to a character. It's a really good outing in general. It isn't top. It isn't top three for me. Do you know? No, it, it's it's like, not. There's nothing inherently bad in it. No, like, and you were saying that, like you, know, if we were doing this in the usual way, this would be the best of the worst. I wouldn't say that. I'd say this is the worst of the best. I'm again, in fact, yeah. the best of the worst. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. By a country mile compared to the worst, yeah. of worst. But I would say this is the worst of the best. It's a really strong outing. Like immediately, like if you think back to our conversation, which I know was ages ago, um, even though there's only been six episodes, um, oh life, it happens. Um, immediately we were like, "This is an interesting character. She's challenging the Doctor. She's not taking any shit. Yeah, she's quite naive and she's a bit cold and callous, but we're seeing an interesting character here that we want to see grow and develop." And for a first story, that's what you want. You want that to yeah. grab you and go. Again, if you think back to some of our other companions' first story, Leela's first story, again, there were bits in that first story where Leela was a bit lost. You know, like there was a lot of shit happening around her and whatever, but it was engaging. We wanted to know more about her. Same with Time Warrior, mm-hmm. with Terror of the Autons. Not so much. Not so much. And I think that's the good comparison. With the Terror of the Autons, you're like, okay, Joe is interesting. How is she fitting in to this? Do you know? And, you know, the treatment of her and the presentation of her wasn't great. Whereas if we go back again another season earlier to Le Shaw, and I'm only going back as far as Le Shaw because I think there is a difference between the black and white companions and how they were introduced versus the color companions and how they were introduced. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, this actually reminds me a lot of Liz Shaw's introduction. Do you know, a really strong introduction to the character, but a whole lot more shit going on that like overshadows mm. her a bit. Do you know? If that makes sense. Yeah. No, no, it makes perfect sense. And now all I have is remember, was this our our Christmas rambling? Where like we did the whole mash thing about Liz Shaw, you know, the sultry bitch with the fire in her eyes. <laughs> um, yeah. 
Could we also apply that to Romana? I wouldn't I say there's a play, fire. I think we can play, apply it to a lot of them, really. Yeah, I wouldn't say the fire and dries, but definitely the sultry bitch part. Yeah. Yeah. It's the sultry bitch is going to tear, tear apart my thesis. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if you have a particular kink. Yeah. Yeah, um, absolutely. But now we're into our top three. Mm. And we yeah. both agreed on Pirate Planet for that number three yes. spot. So, why? I liked Pirate Planet. And again, like, what was it? I think you gave it a five and I gave it a 4.5. Mm. But that was because, and I think my only problem with that was the story choices. And yeah, st- st- story choices. Story choices. And it was like, and which were just a personal preference, not anything inherently bad. What I did like was Romana because, again, as I commented on, is that she she didn't go complete night and day from Rybus operation. Like she was still on that learning curve, mm. but she had clearly learned a lot, you know, mm. and that was great to see. We also get to see her her first real kind of no holds barred. I'll get stuck in thing, which she just fucking picks up that rifle and shoots that guy. Um, but it's just like it's again it's stripping back the night the doctor helping her strip back the naivety but not in like a stupid oh you blundering off did you not see type thing you know mm. it's like he it's not as it's not as harmless as you think it is you know look beyond the veil mm. um so that was good and i really enjoyed that but you know there was still she still got some learning to do mm. So that's why I push it in at the number three spot. Yeah, for me, like, again, it's one of these things where, on one hand, you know, we sort of say that when we have to do a ranking of, like, six to one, four to one, that that's more difficult. For this one, like, this was always going to be in, in that number three spot for me because I really like Roman in it, first of all. Um, mm-hmm. We said at the time that it was Mary Tam's favourite episode to do and i can see why um because yeah. it has some amazing romana moments her piloting the tardis is great her interactions with the men on zanak is just like so funny when the, do- when the doctor's being ignored and then Caitlin's like well because you're not a woman hello have a look her capture by the guards and the way she's so blasé about it like i love it i love it blasé romana in the face of capture is amazing right fantastic the way she is with the captain showing off her intelligence and we see her th- this is, sounds like a weird positive we see her kill someone you know again it's that inclination of she can take care of herself you know yeah. whether it's by being blasé with her captors and like not letting them see her fear or whether it's actually physically defending herself she can do that why is it in the three spot and not in the number two or the number one spot? Because she's put in the back seat a lot. Do you know, the doctor has to be the hero. And so we see her intelligence, but the doctor has to be the one to fix the thing. The doctor figures out about the planet. The you know, the doctor has to figure stuff out. So mm-hmm. it's great insights into all of the strengths that we said. But it stops just 
just shy of <laughs> yeah of being like the full picture you know but like for a fun engaging watch and to enjoy the funny part of romana that's what i mean definitely i would say and i don't know if you want a light-hearted romana story then this is the one to watch because the next two are quite serious to watch so if you just want a little bit of fun romana for your evening pirate planet Mm -hmm. is really the one to go with yeah because the next two are a little bit darker and a little bit you know even though one of them does have like that swashbuckling nature to it there's a darker undertone to it yeah. as it goes on. Yeah, particularly for the character of Romana. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, hugely, hugely. So here's where our paths diverge. Yeah, so you went with Androids of Tara and I went with Stones of Blood. Um, okay, here's what I suggest to do. Okay. You say why Androids of Tara wasn't in your number one spot. I'll say why Stones of Blood wasn't in my number one spot. And then we can flip it. I'll say why Androids of Tarot was my number one. And you say why Stones of Blood was your number one. So, yeah, makes sense to me. Why Androids wasn't in my number one spot is primarily down to the capture. Mm. Romana is not... She's not free. So... Her ability to impact the story is slightly limited. No, don't get me wrong. It is a fantastic performance from Mary because she's, as you point out, she's playing four characters mm-hmm. and she does it really well. She really does it well. But the, I think the, the real gold in that story comes from her interactions with Reinhardt. You know, mm. like he's sick, he's wounded. She is c- compassionate, caring. She doesn't want to leave him, despite knowing it's the most logical thing to do. And she's willing to, she's willing to put her life on the line, and she's willing to go through with this horrible forced arrangement, just to try and keep him safe and to keep um, the Estrella. Thank you. Uh, keep her safe, you know? So that's a great sacrifice. That's, we talked before about her, you know, in the Armageddon factor, you know, like, don't, I'm not important. Here she's doing the same thing again. I'm willing to lay down, I'm willing to sacrifice my life in a way to ensure that these people don't come to harm mm. or, you know, try and keep them alive as, as long as I possibly can. And, that is great. It's enjoyable. It's a re- it really is a core part of the story. I think it's such a shame, though, because I want I wanted her to be free as well. Because after because this comes after Stones of Blood, mm. and after seeing what she was able to do when she was by herself, away from the Doctor, without being like captured by someone, it was great, and I wanted it left me wanting more of that. So, I'll say why I put Stones of Blood in the number two spot. And it will come as a surprise to absolutely fucking nobody. Mm-hmm. They didn't let her present her findings. 
Mm-hmm. They have this whole fucking thing of her figuring it out, which is amazing. And in the end, it means diddly shit. And I can't forgive that. <laughs> I can't. Because it begs the question of what impact did Romana have on the story? Little to none. Fundamentally. The Doctor got all the credit and whatever. And for me, with everything else in that story, and you know, obviously you're going to go into it in a second about why you picked it as your favourite, right? But with everything else in that story, like, when you're watching it, you're like, this is the best Romana story ever. Look at her figuring shit out. This is fucking amazeballs. And pff, there's, there's no scene of her presenting it. And I'm like, what the fuck was the point? Because it presents her investigation as just filler. They have to fill the fucking episode with something so that she won't have Romana figured out. But let's not have her present it because we can't give her that much agency. And show that she's that intelligent. That she could figure this shit out on her own. Based on the evidence in the house. No. So for me it's a case of like. When I was first watching that story. It was like this is a number one spot. This is a number one spot. This is a number one. Fuck you. (laughs) 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 Literally it was like the last like what. Three scenes. I'm like fuck you. And the horse you rode in on. Fuck you. Um, she doesn't know what a horse is. We'll get to that in a second. Um, but yeah, so for me, that's the reason why. Do you know, it's mm-hmm. like it's you can you can but you can forgive a story that isn't perfect. Mm-hmm. It's hard to forgive a story that's so close to being perfect. To perfect. To fall in the last five minutes. Do you know what's interesting, though? The top two stories as, like, you know, I won't say agreed upon, like, but they're, like, mm. yeah, they're both written by the same person. That's kind of cool if you think about it. Yeah. And, they're also, and like, also, they're they're, they're the middle back to back sequentially. Yeah. They're, they're the middle back to back sequentially. Yeah. Yeah. But that's why we didn't pick them as our top. So, Closing out your comments, why did you pick Stones of Blood over Androids of Tara for your top five? Because I felt that this was properly Romana's coming out party. It really was because so the thing that you said there, which is you know at the end result of her investigation, it can be seen as you know oh it was just all filler, but. For me, what I took away from it is that, like, going, we're presented with the fact that Romana's story is just as interesting as what the Doctor is doing, if not more so. And that's what we've always said we'd like with companions, that they can be separated from the Doctor and that we're just as intrigued by them as to what they're doing, that we're not kind of going, oh, would you fucking hurry up and get back to the Doctor so we can get the story moving along? And I enjoy that. And I also enjoyed it from the fact that we got to see her like blossom without him like her relationship with rumford is fantastic like they're a great pairing in that together well like rumford is just great with everyone in that story Mm. um but as well look the investigation component of it being like her dynamic with the doctor reminded me 
kind of of you know planet of evil pyramids liz you know they just had that type of things going and it, it was just it was like that it was great for me like and i was just really really enjoying it did i was it annoying that her findings were amounted to nothing i suppose in, in terms of the resolution yes i will i will definitely hand it that but what i enjoyed was the it showed that she is capable of finding the solution to the problem by herself and the hope was, I suppose, that we would see that going forward where it was Romana that would actually be the one to save the day afterwards. Mm. Yeah. I did remember one other thing about Stone yes. of Blood. That depending on the type of person you are, you may take it as a positive or a negative. I'm not going to name it. If you like people's feet. I knew you were going to say that. I the 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 video you said I thought of what other thing I was like, like I wait for her to bring up the feet I wait for <laughs> if you're one of yeah. those people who likes prolonged shots of people's feet stones of blood is one for you I wonder if Quentin Tarantino likes this story so <laughs> <laughs> um but what did, and what was it about androids that made it I know I I'm pretty sure I know. But tell the good folks at home why androids top the pile for you. So for me, the reason why androids top the pile is the difference between Stones of Blood and androids for me is in Stones of Blood we know that Romana is intelligent. And we get to see it in spades. But we don't get the resolution. We don't get she doesn't get her big hoo-ha at the end. Yeah. Right? And we get to see, like you said, this amazing relationship she's developing with Rumpert. For me, Androids of Tara is Romana the person, not just her intelligence. Mm -hmm. So we see Defiance. Defiance in the face of the Doctor, her going, fine, I'll fucking go get it myself. Stay there and fish, do whatever the fuck you want. I'm going to get it myself. We see her weird naivety when it comes to what the fuck is a horse she gets over it fairly quickly but whatever um we see her fear like when she thinks they're going to chop her head off mm-hmm. like she fucking loses her shit in a very real way and for me the big thing is this is her compassion story she's a great relationship with Rumford. i wouldn't call that compassion i'd call that companionship mm-hmm Androids of Tara is her compassion story in spades. Yeah, her recapture is a bit stupid, whatever. But what comes from that recapture is amazing and I love it. I said this at the time. The two of them dressed in the regalia walking to their deaths, their marriage and then their deaths is amazing i fucking love it it's brilliant the relationship she has with reynard is fantastic because this is where the ice queen has truly been supplanted by this caring compassionate person willing to give up 
whatever she needs to in order to prolong life for others. And I love that at the end, the way she is with Strada, like in the, in the end, like learning how to weave. It's brilliant because mm. we said that, you know, Romana's intelligence is one of her key strengths. And it is. But it would be very easy to have her just be intelligent. And here we mm-hmm. do see her intelligence. She does escape from this fucking castle on her own. You know, she gets out, she rescues the doctor at one point, as in like gives him a lift and whatever. But she's more than just her intelligence. She's also a compassionate, caring person. And like I said, it's the scenes with her and Reinhardt, particularly in the last that walk is like my favourite Romana moment ever. Because they say nothing. It's just the walk and the looks and she knows they're about to kill him. And she knows that shortly after they kill him she's going to be forced to do this again with the Sheriff of Rottingham. Um, (laughs) But it means Estrella will live for another hour. Or another day. If she can keep prolonging her life someone will save her. Even if Romana's already gone. Someone will save her. And I just, mm, I love it. Like for me, like I said, most of these were already decided before I ever put pen to paper. Mm-hmm. Androids for me was always going to be in that top spot. Now I did critically think about the rest of them. Mm-hmm. But for me, Androids was always going to be in that top spot. Because like, it's the thing of like, I can forgive bad story points mm-hmm. if the character points deliver yeah. and they deliver in this one in spades whereas for me with stones a lot of them delivered but the big one they spent ages building up didn't and it kind of went hmm. it's a bit shit mm. no, um, no, I get that I get that yeah but overall I mean we're fairly consistent in our rankings. Like I said, like six to three, we're right there. Um, mm-hmm. And I think whether you prefer Stones of Blood or Andrews of Terra, I use it as a personal preference on what you like with your characters. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, I could, well, I, I, I could, I could see you putting Stones first and not being surprised. And I'm sure yeah. you could see me putting Android first and not being surprised. Yeah. And like, but I think like the good thing is as well is that like we both can see, like we can both see positives in those stories. Mm. It's not like we're like you're going, what the hell are you on about? That's a terrible story, or like, oh, what that that like, you know, how can you like that aspect of something? You know, mm. but it's like no, like we absolutely I can see that, and that is a cool thing, but. I wanted more from this side of things and you wanted more from that side of things or you prefer this characterization or that characterization. That, oh, that happens a lot, you know? Mm. But I think it's important, I think it's important to always remember that is that like, you can see the positives in something as well while still having that disagreement as that, no, this is my preference. Yeah. But I think, again, I said it before, a great takeaway from this is we're as we're another companion away from the person that you have always had on that top tier mm. and this is another companion that you get defensive over you know <laughs> the fucking back gets up 
It's so which fucking, is again, so obsessive. Like. <laughs> but no, no. But like, as I said, like, it's it's great to see because you're getting like you're getting. I love the fact that you're able to get so much enjoyment out of the f- the fuller show. You mm. know. Yeah, I mean, like I said, like I think it'll be interesting going into Romana too. Mm-hmm. I know nothing about Lala Ward. I know completely random statement, right? In 2012, she lived next mm-hmm. to Patrick Stewart. I know that. Random piece of business information for you. I'm guessing she doesn't live next to him anymore because that was when she was married to Richard Dawkins. But I don't know anything about... Like, I've seen clips of Romana too. Mm. One of the reasons why I've got this sort of, you know, I won't say it's an unconscious bias because I'm aware of it. Therefore, it is a a bias, just a mm. bias. Yeah, is because I don't like how people always think of her and they don't think of Mary Tan. Yeah, but maybe there's a reason for that. I don't know. But, I'm but, it but no, but but see, like, I think one thing that we have strived for on this podcast is by all means you can still have you know your favorites but do not discount Mm. these people that just because they're from an era that you haven't seen or you've been given a false impression of them either you know watch the stories or listen to a podcast or talk to a friend who's seen them or anything like that because you are going to see these characters that deserve to be have a have a spotlight shot on shone on them and through this rewatch i myself it's not that i completely dis- like i went oh yeah romana 2 is way better romana 1 this whole era is a bit of a blur for me mm. but romana 1 is a fantastic character yeah performed fantastically by a good actress Mm. And like I suppose, like one of the things with it is, you know, we've discussed. Where I, I'm a convention person. I like going to conventions and you know, mm. things. I'm gutted that I hadn't seen these stories before Mary Tan passed away. I don't know if she did mm. conventions. Some people don't. Mm-hmm. But it's kind of like the Louise Jameson. Louise Jameson is thankfully still alive. Mm-hmm. Still on my list. <laughs> She's on my list. She's up there. Herself and Katie Manning are, are, are both on my list. But I really wish I could have met her. Do you mm-hmm. know? And like asked her a question about her character or whatever. Like, you know, Caroline John is, is another one, obviously, that, you know, we didn't have a, like, to be honest, when you're someone who likes going to conventions and things where you get some sort of physical <laughs> emotional connection to a character or to an actor who portrays a character it's this nice thing to reflect back on I have it with a Sladen, I have it with a number of other people Mary Tam someone who I would have wanted to have like what did you think of this just have a Q&A and that's what I actually need to do I can actually look it up on YouTube and see if there are Q&As with Mary Tam to see mm, yeah because like all the behind the scenes stuff with her, it was fucking brilliant. Her behind the scenes stuff was great. Um, 
But I'm curious what she was like at conventions, if she did them at all, because I don't know if she did. Uh, let's just see. While we are here. Now, come back to your question. So, how did you feel about having all those weird shots of your feet? <laughs> I guess one question I probably have is, like, you know, is the sort of connection I made between Princess Strahd and Penelope from the Odyssey, was that intentional or is that just in my head? <laughs> <laughs> there is a Mary Tam convention panel on YouTube hey. from 1995. Oh, wow. Yep. That would have been well before I got into doing conventions because I would have been seven. Yep. But still, yeah. Um, but it is time for us to say goodbye to Romana 1. Mm-hmm. Next week we will be saying hello to Romana too. But I think we can both agree that this has been a good season and good character. Yep. It may not have stuck the landing, but we we got a great character out of it. Yep. Definitely. Until next week though. Bye. Bye. <laughs>